It's another edition of Logan and Rob's Movie Dojo Casa House. It's the January edition. He's Rob Witzel. I am Logan Lee. Um, we are here recording this a little later than normal. We usually try to do it middle of the month, but not much was going on in the beginning of the month. And then Rob was traveling. So uh, here we are now recording this show January 23rd. Uh, it's a big day for me personally as a movie fan and as a baseball fan, because Oscar nominees came out today and uh, Baseball Hall of Fame uh, inductees were announced this evening. Uh, very excited. My uh, favorite baseball player of all time, non-Cub division, Joe Maurer, was elected to the Hall of Fame tonight. Uh, so so very excited about that. Uh, and as I said, yes, Oscar nominations were announced this morning. So Rob and I are going to touch on some of that stuff. Rob, how are you? I'm Happy doing January. Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Happy January to you too. Uh, to touch on the baseball thing, I I feel like I feel old because we've gotten to this stage now where it's not only you know there was this the first stage of you see the Hall of Fame and it was kind of guys you had heard about but never really watched play a bunch, and then it was guys you watched kind of the twilight of their career, and then guys you saw most of their career but not every like Mark McGuire type of era. And now it's like Joe Maurer. I remember his rookie year. I remember watching him, you know, as this, hey, look at this kid in the minors who's going to be pretty good for Minnesota. I, I think I remember him getting drafted. And so it's just a very weird, uh, I guess, milestone that we've hit now where we're getting older. And I don't know how I like it. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. Todd Helton, Joe Maurer, and Adrian Beltre. That's just, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I get it. Like, yeah, that that really kind of hits you. Like, wow. All right, we're we're definitely old because I was, you know, very much uh, around for all of their careers. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it's an exciting day for me uh, for those two things. But uh, we're here to talk about some things. We're going to talk about Super Penguin stuff. We're going to get you caught up on uh, what's going on in Rob's world with with the book uh, as he gets set for twenty twenty four. Uh, with his tour of conventions and things. Um, and then, as I said, we'll probably talk about some movie stuff, Oscar stuff, Marvel stuff. There's some a few things we can touch on, but not a ton at time of recording. Um, but, uh, but yeah, let's just kind of get started in some of these things. Where are we at? Uh, what's the latest um, update with Super Penguin? Yeah, oh, wait, so, hold on. Do oh, we need to talk about your trip first? We can. I mean, I know you, I don't know what you want to talk about. I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about the book, but do you want to you want to touch on you know your trip? Sure, your yeah. Experience we, out on a boat. Um, we took a, a cruise um, out of Fort Lauderdale on Princess Cruise Line. Um, hit a couple different countries. Got to go through the Panama Canal. We we're in Costa Rica. Uh, spent a day in Jamaica, just kind of hanging out on the beach and um, enjoying Jamaican food. Um, but had had a great time. Um, a lot of fun. Highly recommend Princess Cruises. I've 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 done like I think four cruises altogether, and three of them were Princess, and one wasn't. And uh, just the hospitality there, they're awesome. And, and we were very nervous bringing our two year old with us, uh, Parker, and um, and they were great to him. I mean, they the he was kind of a celebrity on the boat because we were kind of in the off season where it was more older crowds, a lot of grandparents, and. This little two-year-old running around was kind of the the star of the ship for a, a lot of ways, and um, but had had a ton of fun. Um, highly recommend. Like I said, Princess Cruises. Uh, they're not a sponsor, at least not yet, of the of the podcast. We're working on that. Um, but yeah, had a good time. The Panama Canal was pretty cool. Getting to see like that in person, and um, I didn't know that it's it's all like gravity based, which was kind of neat to see like all these locks and water moving around and like not electrical it's just it just is it's a really cool engineering okay. feat that's awesome uh i have never been on a cruise um i i wanted to go on a cruise for a long time as somebody that um digests a lot of disney related content i see a lot of stuff about the disney cruise lines experiences and uh i would i would love to do something like that it doesn't have to be even theirs uh, princess i've heard great things about too so but i've never done it um hopefully it's it is something that uh i do get to experience um at some point 
Uh, I haven't done a lot the last few weeks since we talked, you know, other than some Christmas time traveling and seeing family and stuff. Did go to my first ever NHL game a couple weeks nice. ago. Uh, Dad got me and my brother's tickets to a Blackhawks game. Um, so ventured out while, you know, we were getting a foot of snow and all that stuff. So, um, you know, that was an interesting weekend. But, uh, but yeah, did make it to my first ever NHL game, which was a cool experience. The Blackhawks aren't very good. Uh, but, you know uh it is what it is but that's about the mostly the excitement that's had happened in my life um since we've talked last i've not been on a cruise you've been to disney world and on a cruise in the last few months and i haven't really done much of anything so i will tell you 2024 or 2020 sorry let me start over 2023 is the first year in pretty much my entire adult life ever since i don't know maybe since i was like a young child that i did not ride a roller coaster what yeah it's what are what are you more what are you wanting that that i didn't ride one in 2023 or that i've gone every year since pretty much my most of my life and ridden one no i I kept track of this for the record the you going every year totally tracks and makes sense to me The, the you found a way to to not do it this year because you're i mean that's like one of your things i wasn't i wasn't thrilled about it i i made it it was pretty sad day when I made the revelation. There was a moment in like September where I almost just on a whim just went over to Cedar Point just for the night, but I didn't do it. So yeah, uh, I've kept track of it at least back until, oh no, sorry, 2015, I did not. Before that, it was like 2007. So every year since then, I've been to a theme park of some type. Even, even in a pandemic year. I even made in 2020, you made it. So, yeah, Holiday World. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but last year i didn't but anyway we're gonna move on from that <laughs> um enough what was me i will get to a theme park this year mark my words uh all right super penguin where are we at are we do we have any updates on the book itself the audio book uh what what's the good word yeah so i actually got an email from sean uh sean weiss this morning he's uh he's been chugging away um been in contact with him about every other week just kind of updating the the good thing for him, the great thing for him, he's been, he's been super busy with a lot of the things he does. He um, does stand up comedy now. He does different podcasts and talks about his recovery. And so, and part of the conversation I had him from the beginning was with, dude, I'm just excited you're a part of this. Take as much time as you need. Uh, doesn't have to be something that happens right away. Um, but he's been chugging along on it. I got a text this morning. Uh, it said almost done with done in all caps. And so I'm hoping, um, you know, maybe before the month's over or early into February, we'll have the audio files and I'll start um, figuring out how to put that together into a onto Apple podcast or uh, Apple books and um, Audible and those kind of things to to get it out there to everybody else. But I'm excited about it. He's excited about it, and so that's that's been fun. Um, Super Penguin Two, um, the book. The words of the book are, are done. Um, working with Katie um, Weston, who I, I talked about before on the podcast, and uh, just calibrating with her. She's kind of got some initial models and drawings and such done that uh, they look great. They look awesome. I'm so excited to kind of see the next step. Uh, I think we're going to see about June-ish um, for the printed release out there. I think she'll be done with pictures around – uh, April or so, and then we'll start formatting and and printing. I can't believe uh, we're we're getting this close. I I first off, I can't believe that the whole audiobook thing. We've been I've I've known about this for months now, and we've talked about it on the show for like the last four months, and I still can't believe this is happening. Um, been a very hockey-ish time in my life lately. I went to the NHL game. I went to a Notre Dame hockey game this past weekend. Allison watched all three Mighty Ducks movies over the weekend. <laughs> so Sean Weiss has been on my mind a lot. Uh, and then, yeah, that's uh, that's exciting that we're coming along with, with the book. Uh, very excited to get my hands on it. Um, when do I get my advanced copy? We'll, we'll talk about that off the air. I, think, I, think I might uh, – I'll, I'll email you a, a, a PDF file of it to – absolutely do you need me to proofread anything do you need me to contribute do you need me to can i do you want me to write uh the what what do they call it the forward do you need me to write uh anything give me contribute you know anyway 
No? I I will use you as a kind of a beta test just to, to oh. see how you like it. If there's oh. things that, hey, you know, okay. this part doesn't make sense or this thing, I don't, you know, I don't like that. I don't like this. And I'll tell you, I don't care. But no. Um. <laughs> which which book will get, will I get a dedication in? Is that like Super Penguin 7? How far down the line am I? Now, would, like, would you, you know, want this book that? Is dedicated to Logan. Would you want that, or do you want a character made out of you? Oh, oh I need a character. I need a character. Yep, it has to be. It has to be. I got to work on it, though. Do you have an idea on what my character is going to be? Well, so one of the things, I, I threw this out there on Facebook. Um, well, for, I'll t- kind of tell a story before I go into that. So Eric Westfall, the guy I do the Friday War Night Eagle. Football games with, the War Eagle, Um we we do Friday night football games um, on the on K Rock uh, here in Danville, and um, he was telling me that like it's kind of weird, like you know we we become friends over the years, and you know kind of different generations, and that when he was in school, he had a, a school project where he also had to kind of create his own story. I think it was a creative writing class or an English class, and he created a Captain Cow, which was obviously not a penguin, but very similar kind of demeanor, kind of sure. a similar story, a superhero animal. And he was telling me about it, and I kind of got an idea. Of, like, I would love to put Captain Cow in one of my future books. And I kind of have this idea for uh, book four of kind of making this, like, Justice League kind of Avengers team, but it's a very, like, defunct team. And and I told him, was, I would love to kind of – and I'm going to keep it true to the character that he created, but introduce Captain Cow and any other um, – characters that people either had growing up that they made whether it was a doodle or a comic or a or a you know ninth grade literature project or whatever it was um, or if you want to make a new one and, and pitch that of hey here's logan lee super logan whatever it is and uh introduce them some in cameos some as kind of semi-major supporting characters um and and kind of go from there so yeah I'm, i'll I'm anxiously awaiting the email of I, I, Logan Lee has to be like the real name of the character, and then he has an alter ego superhero. Yeah, Logan Lee's kind of too good of a name. I will say the alliteration is totally on point for a comic book type. You got Peter right. Parker, you got you know Lois Lane, you got Logan Lee. It, it fits right in very nicely. We're the same person. We're the same person. <laughs> um, that's exciting. Very excited. Uh, we're in 2024. What's, what's up with the, uh, the convention circuit? What do we have coming up first? I know you come up my way here soon. Is that, that's February or March? When is Elko? Yeah. So the very first one we'll hit will be hall of heroes. Um, it is the first weekend in March. I want to say second and third might be third and fourth for the Saturday, Sunday. Um, one of my favorite shows last year for many reasons, but Excited! That'll be our, kind of our, our leadoff spot, and then uh, we'll take a week off, and then we'll be at Indiana Comic Con. But February is just still kind of working out some things, resting a little bit, um, taking care of some stuff at home, and then um, work trying to finish up book two and audiobook type things. Very excited to see you. See you here in March. Um, that was a good. That was a good convention. I I enjoyed going to that last year and planning on checking it out again this year. So, um, I love that you're making the rounds again. Keep keep getting the word out there, and growing the brand and and all that. That's obviously exciting, and I know you're looking forward to all of it too. So, absolutely. All right, let's move on to some things. Uh, there hasn't been a ton of like. You know, a lot of the the geeky things we talk about on this show since the last time we spoke. Um, Marvel did drop What If Season 2 around the holidays. Uh, I did take time to watch that. I wasn't really planning on watching it, like, right away. But I happened to be up just, like, every morning at Christmas time for no reason at all before everybody else (laughs) in my house was. So um, I ended up watching every episode and really enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I don't really think of what if as like part of the whole thing i mean i get it it is and they want to say it is but in my mind it's really not but i had a good time with it uh and then echo uh dropped um 
beginning of January or a couple weeks ago. Uh, I have not watched Echo yet. Um, I will at some point. It's just not been on my priority list at the moment. I've heard okay things. Um, what have you watched? Have you watched? Did you watch both of those shows? I know you were going to do some of it while you were traveling. Yeah. So um, watched What If? Not necessarily because it dropped. I think like one episode, eight days in a yeah, row, or ten days a day at Christmas time. Yeah. Um, I watched those. I have mixed feelings on it. I like the episodes when they feel like a one shot. When you get just kind of you go into this universe or this, uh, I guess yeah, the each each individual universe and you kind of get a beginning end and you're done. Um, particularly the one where a young Peter Quill uh, turns against the world and the the kind of weird younger, um, not necessarily younger Avengers, but kind of the the spinoffs, the the uh, Hank Pym Ant Man and um, and those guys verse instead of the the Avengers we're used to. I thought that was a cool episode. I really liked the uh, Happy Saves Christmas Die Hard ripoff. Um, but then as it goes on, it tries to tie everything back together and kind of make a season long story. And I that part I didn't like so much. It kind of felt forced to me. But what were your thoughts on it? Um. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the first season enough. I mean, it's not my favorite show. Um, I I agree with you. I really did enjoy the Avengers-style episode that took place in the 70s or whatever it was um, with Hank Pym and whoever else was in it. I can't even remember at this point. But uh, I really enjoyed that episode. I think that was a lot of fun. Um, I... You know, they, they have a tendency to do a little too much, I think, at times. Um, but it is what it is. Like it's it's just it's just supposed to be entertainment. Um sure. I'm not I, I'm not I don't consider it to be MCU canon. Um it's just an it's an interesting it's a nice little way that they can, you know, kind of give us some different things, introduce us to some different characters, give us some different scenarios. You know, we would have never seen that Avengers team you know, with those characters, and those actors in a live action format. So uh, to be able to see something like that was pretty cool. Um, you know, I liked the kind of making them in styles of different movies. Uh, the, the Die Hard episode, the Mad Max episode, um, Blade Runner. I think one of them was like a Blade Runner style episode. Yeah. Um, so those were kind of cool just to kind of do something a little different. Um, it was fun. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed season two of What If. Not my favorite, you know, television show out there, but as just a fun little thing to to watch around Christmas time, you know, thirty minutes at a time was was enjoyable. Uh, how about Echo? Did you watch the first season or probably the only season of Echo? I did. Um, I I will start with the positive. I thought the fight scenes were really cool. I I enjoyed those. It kind of had a John Wick type feel at times, where just kind of crazy fight choreography and. Um, I thought was, I thought that was well done and well executed. It Echo to me is a character that I don't know needed a show, and I don't know that once they made the show that it justified making a show for her. Um, yeah, a, a cool side character to introduce. You know, I think she was a good piece of the Hawkeye and you know that whole story, or whatever. But, um. I thought it was cool what they did with, and I'm blanking on the name of the tribe, but the Native American um, story and using Native American actors. And I think it's always cool to include different groups of people for different types of stories. But just the character itself wasn't one that excited me. Um, the The presence of Kingpin, he's a you know a cool uh, one of my favorite Marvel villains and and. Uh, seems sort of watered down he seemed watered down in hawkeye seems kind of watered down in this in my opinion um and then the ending of it they do kind of a post uh post credit scene i won't spoil it for you but it's just it's like tv and movie cliche just at full 10 you know it just just kind of corny just bad like this is i feel like my two-year-old could could have wrote a a scene like this, you know, um, when, when you once, I don't, I'm stumbling over words. I don't want to spoil anything, but once you see it, you're like, in fact, there is a family guy, 
um, bit that kind of makes fun of TV and movies that do this cliche. Um, that's how corny and cliche it is, and it it's just bad. It was a bad. It, it was just end the episode. Don't add this little stinger that was garbage, in my opinion. No, I I will watch it at some point. Um, uh, just haven't got to it yet. I I mean, I just feel like it's Marvel trying to do too much. I think it's you know that is that is clearly still part of the idea of we're going to cram out as much content as possible. Um, now I I do like the idea of trying to you know expand on the diversity. You know, a, a female cast, a, a you know a female lead, a, a deaf character. You know, I I like those aspects of it. Um, but yeah, it just, it felt to me like this is a side character that doesn't need a full on television show. Um, I think that might be the end of that era of Marvel television. I think we're going to start, we're going to stop seeing them trying to just produce as much as possible. I think they have learned that that's not their out to go. Um, you know, how it ties into the greater MCU, they're already basically saying they're kind of categorizing it different as like, this isn't like core, you must watch it to get everything else type thing, but we all know that these characters will be tied into something at some point again. So, um, yeah, I I will get to it at some point, Um, but yeah, it just just felt to me like from the very beginning, like this is just Marvel trying to do too much. Well, and one more gripe that I'll add is that Marvel had talked about doing more kind of street level, not this big cosmic multiverse, whatever story, kind of having these street level characters. And it feels like it kind of starts like that. And it kind of gives you the feel that's what it's going to do. But then it reintroduces weird cosmic things going on. We're just like, that's not really what I wanted. You know, with the, with the daredevils and the Luke cages of the past that we've had and Jessica Jones, where you can have a superpower, but without some of this weird multi-dimensional things. And so it was just, I felt like they, they built it up to be one thing and then kind of took a left turn. They didn't necessarily need to take. Yeah. Um, I don't think we've had much else Marvel related news to get to. Again, there's only one movie coming out this year at all. Uh, that's Deadpool, which is technically MCU now, but like, who knows what they're going to do with that? And that's not for several months. So, um, not much else to talk about. I, I, I've seen some buzz out there that we might finally get a fantastic forecast announcement here soon, but I've been hearing that for four years now. So like, I'm not holding my breath. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there's much else Marvel related stuff to talk about. The DCEU is officially over uh aquaman aquaman came and went uh, a movie that i did not see may watch at some point when it's on max but um i just lost all will to rush out to the theater to see some of these movies at another time i would have been there on opening night but it's just i just don't care enough anymore i think i am so burnt out on trying to care about some of these film franchises and all this other stuff so the dceu r.i.p uh, James Gunn's DC Universe will be starting up here soon. Um, yeah. And then I think uh, the next big thing will be, you know, X-Men and Fantastic Four and how they all fit into what Marvel is doing. I'm currently reading the the MCU book, um, the one that came out in October um, that everybody, all the, the YouTube pages and everybody was talking about. I wish I would have brought it in here to show you. This is this is an audio medium, so no one cares. Um, <laughs> but it's a fantastic book. I'm not a huge reader, and I'm breezing my way through this book, and I'm learning a lot. So a lot of cool things are coming from that. So um, definitely, it's, it's a cool read. If you haven't read it, I would definitely recommend checking it out if you're into that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, anything else like Marvel or like geeky stuff we need well, to talk about? Well, I was just going to ask: is for that book? Oh, is it, oh, well, go on. No, go ahead. Is it? Um... Like a behind the scenes on how the movies are made. Is it what? Tell yes. us more about the book. Yes, yes, it is. Um, it's called MCU: The Reign of Marvel Studios. It is written by um, Joanna Robinson, who I know from The Ringer, Dave Gonzalez, and Gavin Edwards. And it is basically it's it's the whole story of everything. Every chapter goes over either the production of a particular movie 
or a particular side thing. Like the first couple chapters are like the beginning of, you know, the Marvel comics changing over to the hands of, you know, toy companies and then, you know, getting into the movie business. And then there's, so there's a whole chapter about Iron Man and a chapter about the Hulk. And um, they just, I just read a, the most recent chapter I did was, well, they had one about like, um, you know, a lot of the stunt work and a lot of the, the physical work that these actors have to go into to, to play these roles. Um, the, I just read a chapter that was a lot about the behind the scenes of civil war and how that whole movie came to be about with the inclusion of black Panther and Spider-Man and, you know, all of that stuff. So it's a really good read. Um, I'm well over halfway through it and I haven't been reading it for that long. So, uh, but yeah, it's really cool. Uh, it just awesome. there's a lot of information. Some of it I've heard, and I, a lot of like the YouTube pages and stuff that I follow, podcasts I listen to. I've, I've been talking about some of these things, and they are specifically referencing this book. Um, but a lot of this stuff, you know, is, is new information to me. So if you're into that stuff, if you're into the MCU or just behind the scenes and movie making in general, uh, it's definitely a good read. It's on Amazon or wherever you get your books. So um, not an ad, but shout it out. <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, did we talk about the Mandalorian announcement on this show? We have not yet. Has that that came out after our most recent episode, yep. right? So, so Disney and Star Wars announced that the next Star Wars film that will be released is a Mandalorian project, directed by John Favreau, starring Pedro Pascal, also featuring Grogu. Uh, I know you're very excited about this. Absolutely. Um, so I would like to, I would like to open the floor to you first. When you saw this news, what was your reaction? Um, cheering like a schoolgirl, I think was probably, um, <laughs> what others would say. No, I mean, I, I love star Wars. I'm in the camp of, I think any new star Wars is good. Star Wars. Um, those and and marvel you know I, I and one thing i appreciate about our friendship is um i go into it with just the the eyes of a of a i think a child and you go into it with these things with um i don't want to say a critic's eye but like i i learned so much from you about watching some of the, or listening to some of the things you say um and so for me it's the same reaction i'd have if i was seven and i heard there was a new star wars thing coming out um I now I, I think I saw there's one more season of Mandalorian happening, and then the movie, or I had that backwards. I thought there was an additional season I, I coming don't, too. I don't know. Okay, probably, probably, but I don't know for sure. And and so I think to if if that's the finale way of doing it, I think it's a it's a good idea. The show has been successful. There's been some, you know, some some parts that are aren't as good as others and. Moments where you kind of lose Grogu and and uh, the Mandalorian, but I'm I'm always for more Star Wars and excited to to see it. Do you want to hear my take? I do, <laughs> and I, I'm sure I'm sure I'm going I'm sure I'm wrong, and I'm sure this will be better than what I'm thinking it is. But this just sounds to me like a made-for-TV movie. Like, it's based off a TV show that already exists. It's it's This is something that happened more often in, like, the 90s or whatever. It's like you have a popular TV show and then you turn it into a movie. And the movie really doesn't belong on the, TV, on the movie screen. But, like, they're going to put it there anyway because they know they can make money. Like, Power Rangers is an example of what I'm talking about. I'm not saying specifically... I'm not comparing this to Power Rangers. <laughs> I'm just saying that that to me is what this feels like. They are taking a TV show and turning it into a movie that most of the time those movies belong on a TV show, but instead they're going to bring it to the theater. I'm sure it will be great. John Favreau, in John Favreau, I trust. John Favreau is one of my favorite living directors, bar none. Like everything John Favreau does, I love. So, like, I trust that this movie will be great. But, like, when I first hear it, that this is what they're doing, I immediately think this is, like, made-for-TV movie. Again, I'm sure I'm going to be wrong. 
and I'm planning on being wrong. But that was my gut instinct when I saw it. Well, my my counter argument would be it was a TV show made from a movie, so it went movie TV to movie, right? So does that does that make sure. it better? Does it make it now a movie? Sure, sure yes. <laughs> this is I mean, it. Just it just feels to me like you know like the recess movie, or oh man, or Doug's big movie. I I don't know. That's just what I think about. I just think about these these movies that were made. From TV shows that they just didn't. I don't know, I, and I'm going to be wrong. I know I'm going to be wrong. I'm ready to eat my words. I've already, I've already made my comment, made my stance about Star Wars. I, I'm tired of pretending to care about <laughs> Star Wars. I will be at this movie whenever it comes out, uh, but like I just, I'm just over all of the nonsense. And like when you want to give me a feature film, I will be there. But like, don't expect me to be coming back to Disney Plus for every single Star Wars show that they air because it's just not going to happen. Andor was supposedly the best thing in the Star Wars universe in forever, and I didn't even care to watch it. I, I just did not care. Did not watch it. So, that's where I'm at. I'm sorry to be like the, the, the Star Wars hater. I'm not a Star Wars hater. I'm really not. I just, I have not been a fan of most of the things they've done in a while. And I just think they're running that ship to the ground. Sure. Well, to to add on to how big of a Star Wars nerd I am, I don't know if I've shared this on the air. I'm not sure if I've shared it with you. And one of our listeners, Randy Labine, who I think gives me a bonus every time I, I uh, call out his name, is him, my buddy Gardner Peck, another friend Nick Hackman, um, and maybe Pete Goodwin. He's kind of in and out of our, our group. But we play a D&D version of Star Wars. We actually play tomorrow night, which will be tonight when people are listening to this. So like, that's the level of silly Star Wars stuff that I involve in my life. I love that. Um, and just just to fully encapsulate the picture for you, my character is one of the Jawas, the little hooded, uh, glowy-eyed, goofy guys on Tatooine. Um, and I have a, a companion with me that is one of the battle droids um, from Episode 1. So I have a lot of fun. Uh, but, I mean... I like I said earlier, I just love Star Wars, and now I, I do want to follow up on a question you you made or a statement you made about TV, and something that you excluded. I, I want to know if you excluded it on purpose because it doesn't fit that complaint, or you were trying to kind of keep it out of the crossfire. But the Rugrats movies, where do you stand? There, were, I think there were three of them. The in the the Rugrats uh, movie, the yeah. Paris, yes. and the Go Rugrats Wild or whatever. Paris. Yes, correct. Yes. Uh, I mean, yeah, like it, I don't know. It fits in the same thing. I'm, I'm not afraid to put it there. I, again, like, I know this is different because I'm referring to children's television and this is not children's TV. And like, again, this is going to be better. Like, that's just what I think about when I hear this. I just think about them because that, that's the only time that happens. The only time they take a TV show and turn it into a movie is when it's some nineties kid show. Like it doesn't happen. So that's what we're doing. Again, I trust John Favreau. I have nothing against Star Wars. I, for the most part, enjoy Star Wars stuff. I'm just tired of the direction it has gone and them oversaturating my life with it. And I'm just tired of pretending to care. I don't have a bad history with Star Wars. Like, I really don't. Like, I, this was not supposed to be a Star Wars episode. In fact, there was nothing <laughs> Star Wars even on this rundown. But you I'm started gonna, this. Lay it out. You started it. Obviously, <laughs> I grew up in the 90s with parents that were kids of the 70s and 80s. So, like, Star Wars was in my house. My my brothers and I watched it all the time. My brothers probably watched it more than I did, honestly. Uh, but then, you know, I grew up with the prequel trilogy just like you did. You know, Phantom Menace, I look back on fondly because I loved everything about that movie. I was the right age when that movie came out. Droid racing and, like... A kid, it was just that was the perfect movie for me at that time. As like a ten year old or whatever I was when that movie came out. Um, the second two in that trilogy were okay to me. I think the third one's the best now. Looking back on it, Force Awakens. I went to Force Awakens. I cried when the music played. Between that and Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, like the the score for those movies, like I I was emotional. The Last Jedi. My Last Jedi opinion. Are you ready for this? Okay. The Last Jedi is the best movie 
in the Star Wars universe. But Ooh. it is the worst Star Wars movie. Yeah, like, it's a... just let let that one let that one simmer, <laughs> and then we know what happened with Rise of Skywalker. It was an absolute shit show, and that movie should have never happened. So, um, yeah, I, I don't have a bad relationship with Star Wars. I'm just over the oversaturation, and yeah, I get it. That's where I'm at. Okay. You sure? Do you get it? Do I need to elaborate my best movie, worst movie thing? Oh no, I, I meant I get the oversaturation. I'm my brain still hurts from the thing that you said. It's the <laughs> So it's, you said it was the, it's the best movie in the Star Wars universe and the worst Star Wars movie. Yes. Oh yeah, can you expand on that? <laughs> yes, I think it as a movie. I think it is the best thing Star Wars that has ever come out of the Star Wars universe. I think it is as a movie, the best thing they've ever done. But I think that movie killed Star Wars. I think Ryan Johnson went in there with a plan that, for right or for wrong, however you feel about the movie. That movie killed Star Wars. And what happened after that is was just an absolute mess. Are we about to have a cameo appearance? Yeah, Parker just got home. Hey, Parker, come here. Bring him in. I would love to hear his opinion on Star come Wars. Come here. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever on the pod, okay. making his... Mojo Dojo Casa House debut. The one and only Parker Witzel. Parker, can you say hi? Hi. Hello. You see How Logan there? You? We got he ice can't cream. Because you have he can't. I got headphones on, but he's enjoying an ice cream cone and he's waving at How you is now. It? Is that a good Did ice cream cone? Ice cream cone from Dairy Queen or or uh, another fast food place that I'm not going to name. Or no, I'm not sure where it's at, but who's on my shirt? Who is it? I don't. Have you seen Lion King yet? Have you seen? You haven't yeah. seen Lion King? He probably has. Your dad, your dad needs to needs to work. Well, we were watching him and I were I'm watching talking to the child, like the child can hear me. But... <laughs> he, Rob, he is... your son has not seen the Lion King. I don't know. We, he's seen a lot. I will say the most recent movie he watched was Oppenheimer. So, because <laughs> he's at that age where he doesn't really know what's going on. That's but, perfect. So, that's perfect. Yeah, I don't know if he's seen Lion, Lion King. Is, he has seen Oppenheimer. He did see Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Did he watch Barbie? Um, He may have been in the room for parts of it. I don't think he saw Beginning Day. So, he won't, he won't understand our podcast reference. Not yet. Although, I think, I think a lot of people don't understand our podcast reference. <laughs> what movie are you most excited to watch with your son? Oh man! Oh, we've already knocked out a bunch. Um, we've Shrek was Shrek is my all-time favorite movie. Um, it is one that it, you can you can play it, turn off the volume, and I will fill in all the all the dialogue with voices and and it's not even a Robin Williams movie. It's not. Um, that that is my my one of one all-time favorite. Um, he's seen that one, so, um, yeah, wh honestly, wh what I'm, what I'm going to do in probably, it's probably a, a podcast five or six years from now, but I want to go through every movie of the MCU with him and watch it and kind of get his take on it. Um, who knows how big the MCU will be from then, um, We'll probably skip She-Hulk and Echo, but uh, we'll we'll get a lot of the rest in there. Um, yeah, that, that's probably my my short answer. I mean, I'll, we'll go through all the Robin Williams movies. I've I've had the all, all of those since um, since he passed, and um, but yeah, I think that's one of the the cool things about being a parent is like sharing the things you love and um, and that one what the probably the the thing we've watched the most together recently. Is the old Batman animated series? Um, oh, that's a good one. And it was that that was probably that and the animated X Men of the '90s were probably the two things that got me most into superheroes. And so revisiting those with him, mean, he doesn't know what's going on. He just sees bright colors and 
you know, action scenes or whatever. But it is kind of funny if, if a fight scene breaks out in a movie now, he starts getting a little bit wild and starts throwing punches and like he wants to reenact it as well. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a cool feeling to kind of share those things even with a two-year-old that doesn't really know what the heck's going on. Yeah, that's awesome. I definitely enjoy watching those movies with, with my nephew. He's big into The Lion King, loves Shrek, loves all that stuff. So, uh, All right, one last thing before we get into Oscar-related stuff. You, we brought up a name that I know is very close to you. Um, where does the movie Bicentennial Man rank in the uh, echelon of Robin Williams movies? It, I will. I'll start with saying it is one I have not seen a ton of. I think it, I. I was through a phase where I kind of tried to watch all of them once, like over the course of a calendar year, and okay. it. So it's not. It's definitely not the A tier. I don't know that it was the worst one that I watched, but okay. it's okay. just. It's just eh. Fair enough. Okay. Mrs. Mrs. Doubtfire, Goodwill Hunting. Um, Aladdin and Dead Poets Society are probably my my top tier. Yeah, those are those are my those, those are my favorites. Well. Happy Feet is up there as well, though. I just you know him as a penguin and then the 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 rambling and riffing that Robin Williams is known for. He does some of his best of that in Happy Feet one and two. And so those are those. That's probably my like kind of surprise sneak into the top tier that most people wouldn't love it. Include. Did you watch the Disney Once Upon a Studio? I did. Thing? I did. Short. And I I got a little choked yeah. up when I heard Robin's voice. I'll, I'll I don't know if there was a tear, but there was definitely some choking yeah. up. Um. But yeah, it was. It yeah, that was that was a good that was a cool thing to to hear him again. Do you know why I asked you the Bicentennial Man question? Have we had this conversation before? I don't think so. Okay. When Allison and I first started talking, um, we had a conversation via text one day asking each other what our top five favorite movies was. Okay. Number one on her list is and was, was and still is, Bicentennial Man. (laughs) Okay. It's just one of those things that... uh, I don't know why. Can't explain it. She loves the score. But um, she, I don't even know if she can hear me right now. Um, she's probably laughing that I'm even bringing, up the, bringing this up. Uh, but it's a personal favorite in this household. So, ironically enough, it came out the exact same year as the movie that I claim to be my favorite movie of all time. Uh, and they both fall very close to each other alphabetically. Uh, mine is the Adam Sandler classic Big Daddy. Okay. So... Um, but yeah, anyway, well, unrelated. I just wanted to well, bring up. The well, real movies. quick, because I like I lo- one of my favorite things in the world is to introduce people to movies they've probably never even heard of, and there are some gems, okay. kind of in the the uh, undiscovered gem type movies. So it's actually don't tell me to don't tell me to watch Patch Adams. No, I, no, no, no. Don't. <laughs> so there are there are two. One is one is a drama. One is a comedy. The drama one that I would recommend is called House of D. David Duchovny's in it. Um, I think one of Robin Williams is probably best acting performances. Taya Leone's in it as well, um, and really good. Never even heard of this. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it was kind of I had to get on IMDb because I like I had a goal of I'm going to own every DVD of Robin Williams. And that was one like I had to look for. Like even Amazon was tough to to come up with. Um, the second one, and it is actually Robin Williams's final role. It is not his final. He is he is just a voice actor in it, so he does not appear on screen. But it's called Absolutely Anything. Um, Simon Pegg plays the lead, um, and Robin Williams voices his dog. Basically, aliens. The, the premise of the movie is very, very silly, but the these space aliens that are voiced by all the Monty Python actors decide they're deciding whether they should blow up Earth or not. And so they give okay. like godlike powers to just the most random person they can think of. And they pick Simon Pegg. And so just anything he wishes happens. 
Um, one of those is he wants a talking dog. And Robin Williams as a talking dog is one of the funniest things you'll ever see in a movie. It's a very stupid movie. You will not feel any smarter having watched it. But for it to be his final role um, is one of those things that I just kind of think is beautiful. That just a, a very silly movie that he probably didn't put much thought into. Um, but it has that same uh, stream of consciousness type things that we love from Robin. So throw those into your uh, to watch list. Well, that's great. I have not even heard of either of those movies, so you did well. Also, we would not we're not planning to talk about either of these things on this show, but I should have known better that in a Rob Witzel podcast, we would find our way to both Star Wars and <laughs> So, of course. Uh, I think I think I am actually to blame for both of those things. <laughs> so, you're welcome. Um, all right, we've already been on here for a little while. I know we wanted to talk about some Oscar stuff, uh, so let's just kind of dive into that a little bit. I don't know that we need to dissect it too much. Oh, no. I don't know how many Oscar-type movies you have even seen this year. So, um, yeah, uh, Oscars nominations were announced this morning. Uh, kind of my overall thoughts, um, I wasn't really shocked by anything. Uh, the, the biggest surprises to me were the lack of both Margot Robbie and Robert or um, Leonardo DiCaprio, Margot for, for Barbie and Leo for Killers of the Flower Moon. But I will say that, granted, I haven't seen a couple of the movies that were nominated ahead of them uh, in both of those categories. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure how, who I would take out. So, um, so yeah, while I was a little surprised by both of those things, um, I can't say I was like totally shocked just because I kind of thought like Annette Benning was in the mix there and like, you know, whatever. Uh, but other than that, I wasn't really totally surprised by anything. A uh, few, I mean, I was happy to see like America Ferrera in there. I think the biggest shock to people is like Ryan Gosling and America Ferrera, but not Margot Robbie. And like, it's not like, that's not how it works. Like they're not in the same categories. So sure. it, de- it depends on like who your other options are. Like, no, I mean, Margot Robbie deserved to be in there ahead of especially America Ferrera, but like, you know, if she was in a different category, it might have worked out differently. But uh, happy to see her in there. Gosling, of course, he was great. Um, a couple of movies I still need to see. I haven't seen American Fiction yet. Uh, Zone of Interest and The Anatomy of a Fall. Neither of those I've seen yet. Uh, American Fiction is playing locally here, so I'm hoping to maybe get to that this week. Um I don't know when I'll see the other two. I think Anatomy of the Fall is streaming. Um, but yeah, so I don't think we need to go through all the categories. I think if people no. want to look them up, they can do that if they haven't already yeah. seen them. But um, Not, yeah, I mean, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I kind of put together sort of a, a game of sorts where we can kind of okay pick pick some things. I love games. Pick some things. Um, and I, I'm going to keep track of this, and we'll, we'll talk about it after – after the Oscars happen and, and reveal who, who got okay. more right. But uh hit me. So so first one I got, who's who not necessarily what you thought was the best movie. We're not talking Logies, we're talking Oscars. Who do you think or what what picture wins best picture? Uh I think it'll be Oppenheimer. Uh I think Oppenheimer from start to finish is the best movie of the year. Um I, I mean, I have my own personal opinions on it, which I will share more eventually as we get closer to the Logies, which are coming soon. Don't worry. Um, but I think it's Oppenheimer. I think it has the strongest cast. It's the most nominated film, which doesn't necessarily always mean anything. Um, just because you're the most nominated doesn't necessarily mean you have to win anything. I think Mank was nominated more than anything else a couple years ago and didn't win shit. So, um, yeah, I would say Oppenheimer. Okay. That's my pick right now. All right. My answer is probably also Oppenheimer because I haven't seen the rest of them. A lot of them. Yeah. You know, I think we'll have different different answers later. Barbie, correct? What's that? Have you seen anything else besides Oppenheimer and Barbie? I'm looking at the list yet. I have not. The Holdovers is on my to watch list. Um, You need to watch The Holdovers. The Holdovers is very good. And this, I will just say this now to anybody that's listening that has not watched The Holdovers, if you're going to watch any. Oscar nominated movie that you haven't already seen, go watch the holdovers. It is available on Peacock. 
It is Paul Giamatti. Um, he is a teacher um, at a uh, like a boarding school, an all boys boarding school, and he is stuck with the quote unquote holdovers over the holiday season. So it kind of acts as like a Christmas movie. Um, Paul Giamatti is fantastic. Uh, Divine, Divine Joy, Joy Randolph is fantastic in the supporting actress role. She will probably win for that category. And the, the kid in it, Dominic Sessa, who has never done anything before acting wise, uh, is phenomenal too. So yeah, I would definitely recommend to you, Rob, and to literally anybody else watching this movie, uh, go find the holdovers. It is on Peacock, uh, or you can probably rent it from any other, um, you know, wherever you rent your movies, but that's the one I would go to for sure. All right. Um, not one that will score, but just something to talk about. Um, if you could add one more movie to the best picture list. What, what would, do you think my answer is going to be? Guardians of the Galaxy 3. <laughs> it's not far off. <laughs> it's not far off. Um, my number one movie of the year, spoiler alert for the Logies, because, of, well, it may change. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Um, it may not be my number one. Um, it's it's Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Okay. I have that movie very high on my list. It may be best picture at the Logies, but by the end of it, um, I think that I'm not surprised it doesn't get nominated here. I think the fact that the boy and the heron also came out this year, gave them two animated movies to, to fight over. I think it's possible that if only one of those came out or they weren't kind of competing, that one of them might've slid into this race for best picture. Uh, but to me, that is one of the best movies of the year. Okay. It is a fantastic movie. Guardians is great. I love Guardians <laughs> three. It is very it's 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 very high on my list. Uh, but it across the Spider Verse would be my pick. Yeah. So I I just watched this actually while we we're on the cruise or maybe the airplane on the way to it. But um, the creator, I, I watched that one. So good. It was so good. Yes. I, it was not quite what I was expecting um, in terms of story, but absolutely loved it. It. it if I made a Logies, it's a, I think a contender for one of my favorites this year. Um, yeah, the, a lot of fun. The creator came out of nowhere for me. I knew nothing about that movie. Uh, they started promoting it. I saw it was John David Washington. I'm like, this looks interesting, but it came out during the strike, so there wasn't really much to promote it. Uh, it I really enjoyed the creator. Creator sci-fi epic movie, uh, lower budget. Um, did get a nomination for, for visual effects or something, I think, at the Oscars. Uh, has a really good uh, young actress performance in the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's very good. So, yeah, that's that's a good one to, to add to the list for sure. I would have a few. I mean, Spider-Verse is the, at the top of my list. Guardians would be there. Air, I would put in there oh, into yeah. the conversation. Uh, and then another one that... It didn't. A lot of people just didn't talk about, and it it really slid under the radar. Um, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. The Judy Bloom adaptation, okay, uh, starring Rachel McAdams and Kathy Bates. Uh, fantastic movie, fantastic movie. Um, it won't. It didn't get nominated for anything. I and I think Rachel McAdams deserves some some love. Didn't get any. Um, but it's it's very good. It would also be in the mix. Okay. Um, we'll go speed round. Um, okay. Just, uh, I don't know if you have a list in front of you, but we're going to go through the four acting categories of who who is your favorite to win. We'll start with best actress in a leading role. I do believe this is uh, Divine Joy Randolph from The Holdovers. I think she has won just about everything up to this point, and I would be shocked if she did not win. Uh, yes, Divine Joy Randolph from The Holdovers. Okay. Well, the article I'm looking at on Yahoo News doesn't even have her listed as a nomination. Uh, I don't know. She's definitely one of the five nominated. They have Annette. Who do they? What? They have Annette Benning. That's lead. Did you did you say lead or supporting? Lead. Oh, well, I was saying supporting. Oh, okay. Uh, lead actress, uh, Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon. Okay. I think she is a lock. It could be Emma Stone. She would be probably the runner-up there in that conversation, but I do believe it'll be Lily Gladstone, the Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, well, I I have seen none of these. 
Um, so Emma Stone <laughs> is the one I probably know the most of as an actress. So I'm going to pick Emma. That's fair. All right. Uh, That's a good pick. She back, may very well do it. Best actor in a leading role. Uh, I believe this will be Killian Murphy. Okay. Um, Paul Giamatti is surging. And by the time we actually get to the Oscars on March 10th, it's very possible that Paul Giamatti has surpassed Killian Murphy. Uh, but as of right now, I still believe that that's Killian Murphy's award to lose. I think you just convinced me to pick Giamatti. So I'm going to, I'm going to, that's fair. That's fine. Yeah. Another it's, movie it's, I have not seen, but uh going to go with that anyway. Okay, you said it's one of the two of them. Best actress in a supporting role, you said Miss Randolph. Devine Joy Randolph from The Holdovers. She will win. That's a lock. Um, I'm I'm gonna say America Ferrera. I love that. Just I'm going I'm going Team Barbie all the great. way. And I saved this one for last on purpose because it's gonna set me up for a rant. Best actor in a supporting role. <laughs> I can't wait for your rant. Uh, I do believe this is also going to Robert Downey Jr. Okay. Um, he's won just about everything up to this point. So, um, yes. I love that Ryan Gosling's there. love that Mark Ruffalo's there. Uh, I had not seen American Fiction, but I love Sterling K. Brown. So, I'm glad to see him. And, of course, good old Bobby De Niro. But, uh, yeah, I think this is Robert Downey Jr.'s award to lose. So I don't remember What's what your rant? I don't remember what year it was. You probably do. But Robert Downey Jr. Last I remember, he may have been nominated since then. Maybe even won something since then. I don't know. But two thousand and eight. Okay, one of my favorite movies, Tropic Thunder. Just a total stupid comedy, and Robert Downey Jr. was nominated for a guy playing a dude disguised as another dude. And I thought it was just, it was wonderful acting because he is like, there's this almost like inception level of acting going on where he's playing a guy, playing another guy, and then he switches. I mean, he has almost like three or four roles in the movie when it's all said and done um, as one person. Um, and he lost because, in my opinion, not to speak ill of the dead, but I feel like Heath Ledger, if Heath Ledger is still with us today, he doesn't win that that Oscar that year. Ooh. I Ooh. I know it's a hot take. I know Ooh. it's a hot take, and I that is hot. Yeah, I I know it's it's it might get me canceled even for saying it, but I I as a as a superhero fan, I thought the character was unique. It didn't feel like the Joker. It feels almost like a different character. Um, I love The Dark Knight. It's, again, one of my favorite movies. It's one of my top favorite superhero movies. Um, but that year, I was so in on RDJ that I, I thought he deserved I wanted more than anything for him to win. And I think, <laughs> I, I will answer that I think Downey Jr. is going to win. But this year, I am so in on Ryan Gosling winning Best Supporting Actor that I hope RDJ gets snubbed. <laughs> And we and I and I hope I hope he I hope when Gosling gets it or if Gosling it just shows up if he shows up in a Ken outfit he will be one of my new favorite people. I I just I have this vision of them cutting to each person as they're naming them off and they're there with their you know friends and family or whatever and we get that puffy I am Knuff hoodie. I'm I'm manifesting it. I want that to happen so bad, but I, I'm still gonna go okay. with. I think Downey Jr. is the uh, obvious winner there. Yeah, you you had me you had me on your whole thing, but uh, but yeah, I, I knew that was the the ledger year, and I mean I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna totally disagree with what you said. I know I'm wrong because I do think <laughs> I do think there was a you know obviously the 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 posthumous part of it. Gave it a whole different layer, but I, as great as Downey was at Tropic Thunder, and I love that movie, I still, I can't not give that award to Heath Ledger. But I personally was on the train of Robert Downey Jr. should have been nominated for an Oscar after Endgame. I was, I, and I was heart, 
like I was I meant that like when I said that I think he deserved it because that but again it's more is this really about this movie or is this about the rest of their career it's it's one of those type sure. of things where you know like Jamie Lee Curtis last year winning supporting actress for everything everywhere like she was great in that movie that movie is great but like is that her best performance like no like she should have been nominated and won for other things in the past but she didn't so here's where we're at I think and I still think and I thought then that Robert Downey Jr. should have been nominated after Avengers Endgame but that didn't happen so yes I do believe he will win this award for Oppenheimer all right so last bit of the competition we got four questions we're gonna do some over-unders like Vegas odds Okay, um, we're gonna start with Barbie. This is good. You did a good job here. Thank you, thank you. We're gonna start with Barbie, which I believe was nominated for seven, but I, you know, as I'm scrolling through the article, I can certainly miscount. Nominated for seven ish, two point five is the over under. Taken over or under? I'm gonna take under. Um. And I, I'll tell you which awards I think will win. Okay. And that includes uh, the actors and actresses and stuff as well. Yeah. I think it wins song for either of those two. For It's nominated, nominated twice for I'm Just Ken and uh, the Billie Eilish song. I think it will win for one of those. Uh, and I think it wins like production design maybe. Um, and I think that's it. I, I don't think it wins anywhere else. Um I don't see it winning for script. I don't see Gosling or Ferrer winning. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take the under. It, it could. I, that two and a half is a good number. It, you did a good job there, Oddsmaker. Uh, but I'll take the under. Okay, I'm gonna take the over. I'm gonna guess it's gonna be right at three. I think yeah, something in fair. there, maybe a costume, maybe something. Um, there'll, there'll be a weird that's one possible. again. All right, we're going to move on to That's Oppenheimer, possible. which I counted 13 nominations. Put it at 6.5. This is a little tougher for me. Because I was doing this today at work with a couple guys. We were having this a very similar discussion. Um, I think Oppenheimer does really well in the technical categories. And I think it wins. It's nominated for four big awards. It's nominated for Best Picture, Best Director. Uh, well, I guess actually more than that. Best Picture, Best... Between Best Picture, Best Director, Lead Actor, and Screenplay. It will win at least at least one of those, if not two. I will take the over okay. on six and a half. It, I, I again, I think that's. A, I think you did a really good job with that number. Did you come up with that yourself? Yeah, I just kind of, you, I just kind of pulled those out of the maker? air. That's <laughs> okay because I think that's a, you did a really good job with that. Actually, thank you, like, thank you. I'm very impressed. I will take the over, uh, but I, I think it's close. I, I think ultimately, I think Oppenheimer wins Best Picture. I don't know if it'll also get Best Director. Sometimes those split. It'll win Lead Actor. Uh, supporting actor, and then several probably of the tech. Yeah, I, I think that's a good number. I'll take the over, but All right. close. I'm with you on that. I'll stick with the over as well. Uh, next one, our guy, our boy, the the dojo Casa House, <laughs> Ryan Gosling. Point five. He's nominated technically for two things: supporting actor, and then his song. I'm just Ken. What you got? You did a really good job with this too, <laughs> because he's not—he won't win best actor, supporting actor. Um, not with that attitude. Best song is an option. Um, I, I, the Billie Eilish song won at the Golden Globes, but uh, I'm just ten. One at the critics. Um, I'll take the over. I'll take the over. I think. I think something. Sure, I'll take it for fun. I'll take it. I have to pick, I have to pick over. I'm I'm team Ken I think more than anybody. Um last one and I think there's just two possibilities of Marvel properties. I think Guardians of the Galaxy is one of the technical ones and then best animated for Spider-Man. So of Marvel properties 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. 0. 
They're going to win something. I want it to. I want Spider-Verse to win Best Animated. Um, because, as I said, it is one of my favorite movies of the year. I have not seen The Boy and the Heron. And I know the Academy loves him. Um I'll take the over. I, I hope it wins. I think it should have been nominated for more than it was. I think it should have been nominated for score. I think it should have been nominated. Well, I, I thought it should have been nominated for best picture, but I'll take the over. I, I, I'm not confident on that one, but right. I'll take it. Yeah, I think I think I like Spidey's chances. I like Miles' chances. I mean, and, and Guardians could win. <laughs> Guardians could win too. So I think I think it's I think taking the overs is fairly safe, but. Yeah, and I believe more. Guardians was nominated. And I'm scrolling through here. For, visual effects. Yep, visual effects. With, I mean, yeah. the creator, Godzilla minus one, Napoleon, and Dead Reckoning. I mean, it's. Um, I've I've only seen three of those, but God's. Have you seen Godzilla minus one? I have not. I heard all sorts of great things about it, but I I just never made it to the theater. That just came out such a busy time. Yeah. In December, like I just can't get to everything. So, no, I did not make it to that, unfortunately. Yeah, that's one I kind of put a little note next to that. How hey, I, w- I want to make sure when this becomes available on streaming or or Blu-ray somewhere to, to get my hands on it because it looked looked pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the end of. I huh. know, excited for for the Oscar noms. Excited for our picks. It'll be it'll be fun on Oscar night to get my scorecard out and. I'm sure I'll I'll text you as the night's going on of what's what's happening and and uh, I can't wait. Probably live stream myself singing along to "I'm Just Ken" when Ryan Gosling's up there singing it. I I just hope I hope you do that. I hope they make such a. I hope they get all the Kens out there. I hope the outfits are out there. If they can, John Cena in a mermaid costume. I want the whole thing. I want it all live on stage. It'll be a, it'll be a beautiful. Mo- moment of the uh, patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait for that. Yes. Uh, very excited. Oscars. I think it's March 10th. Uh, yeah. We'll have another couple of shows, at least one before then, oh, yeah. probably. So, um, but yeah. So, all right. Anything else we need to talk about, Rob? You know what? I don't think so. I think uh, we covered everything we wanted to cover. We covered, covered all of our bases. We talked about baseball. We talked about. Uh, Star, Wars, Star Wars, Robin Williams, Robin Williams Parker had a cameo. Things. Parker, yeah, <laughs> we had, great. We had a lot going on that wasn't on the agenda. I know. Well, that's what happens when you run a podcast. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us on uh, this episode of the Mojo Dojo Casa House with Logan and Rob. He's Rob Witzel. I am Logan Lee. We will see you guys sometime in February. Uh, that date, obviously, is TBD, but. Uh, But yeah, we will have a show out for you here uh, another month or so. As always, check us out. uh, You know, give us a follow everywhere and check us out on the Facebook page and keep. uh, Yeah, we'll keep up to date on there and everything we got going on. So for Rob, I'm Logan. We'll see you next time.